Let's take our Bibles and turn to the book of 1 Corinthians, uh, the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 9, please. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. We need to be remembered to pray for Brother Robert Germain, who goes in the hospital tomorrow, and surgery is on Tuesday. Is that right? Tuesday morning at 8 o'clock? 9 o'clock. Okay. Tuesday at 9, surgery. And uh, be praying for him. I know the doctors have all things under control. At least they think they do. But we have the great physician who does have all things in control. So we're praying for you, dear brother. Thank you so much for being here tonight. I appreciate the opportunity of sharing. I, again, want to introduce my uh, guest who's with us this weekend. I haven't seen him in a number of years. Uh, A.J. Uh, Marin is a missionary to Japan. Uh, he's with what's formerly known as the China Inland Missions, uh, Hudson Taylor type, and uh, that's now changed their names, but still the same mission board. But he was from our church in Port Elizabeth, South Africa, and his parents are dear friends of ours. He helped us with our youth for a number of years. And uh, after the service, you might want to talk to him. Uh, raise your hand and wave there, AJ. Okay, put him on the spot. And you'll probably want to listen to his accent, okay? I don't know if it's Japanese or South African, but I told him, I think he's lost a little bit of it. And, uh, but he speaks Afrikaans, all right? So if any of you here have a Dutch background, hey, you might be able to relate with some of the language, okay? Uh, and uh, he's just been a real blessing, Brother AJ has for these years just for a real pleasure. Take a look at what, uh, what God has to say. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, we'll be looking at verse 24. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. He says, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that you may obtain. We're talking about running to win. Looking at the finish line and running to win. Let's bow in prayer. Father in heaven, as we bow before you again, we beg you, Father, to show up. Show yourself mighty. Open our hearts to the very truth of your word. And we pray your Holy Spirit would take that and change our lives that we might indeed run to win. We might be that which... Lord, uh, is beyond description, on, beyond belief, beyond the flesh, beyond the mind. But Lord, being filled with your Holy Spirit, that we might deliver, that we might produce, that we might be used as instruments, holy instruments, for your glory, for your kingdom. Lord, for your very work's sake, would you now tonight speak, open our hearts, turn us, even change us in the likeness of your son. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Now, I have a, a feeling there are some runners among you. I saw the guys out uh, on Wednesday night playing some guys and gals. I don't know who was playing football. Man, I saw some great passes, saw some good runs. And uh, that was the young people out there playing in the field. But I guarantee you there are some people here who are good runners, good runners. I'll, I'll, I'll pick on uh, Brother Johnson. I, I know he's a runner, and he's got all kinds. Of, I, you have trophies, I'm sure. You have a trophy case, Brother? Brother Dale Johnson, he, but he is a runner. He does, and he runs. He, he, he competes, and I don't know that there's anybody that he competes against, but he competes. I know that, <laughs> and that's the best way to do it. If you're the only one out there running, you're sure to get the, the, 
but he's not the only one out there running. But he is a runner. And uh, I used to run. And when I was in law enforcement, I, it depends on how big the guy was on how fast I ran away from him. <laughs> I, was, I was a good runner. And I, uh, no, I wasn't guilty of that. Sometimes I had to run braces. And, and uh, I remember one time there was a guy at uh, the car came back. The tag came back as a stolen car. And I thought, oh, boy, here we go. Middle of third shift, a, a, a cold, dead winter night. What are we going to do? Let's get this guy. We lit up the blue lights, and, and he hit the pedal to the metal, and here we go on the chase. I was in the passenger seat. Uh, the guy turned and, 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 and made a right turn, and, and the driver of the car, Officer Hardy, he, he turned, and the guy bailed out. And uh, so Officer Hardy just made the whip, and the door came open, and out I went. And so I thought, I'm out here. I might as well go get the guy. And so I go run, and I was running full speed. And I jumped in and was going to tackle him, and I didn't realize how big of a guy he was. <laughs> he was a giant. And I, I, I was going for his neck, <laughs> and I hit below his knee. <laughs> and I'll tell you something. I thought, okay. <laughs> and uh, Officer Hardy, come on, come on. Give me some help. And we wrestled the guy for a good while. He was throwing me around like an old wet dish rag. I mean, I was flopping and flipping. Um, we got the guy, got him to the, got him to the jail. And uh, we read him his rights. He was a car thief. He stole the car. Uh, got him red-handed. And we couldn't put him in the jail because he was only 17 years old. But he was one giant of a guy. You never know what you're going to get when you run. When you run into somebody, when you run away from somebody, you never know. Tonight, we're going to look at some passages about running the race of life. Again, look what it says in verse 24. He says, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all. What he is saying here is there's no spectators in a race. Oh, there might be a stand of spectators. There might be someone watching from afar uh, with some field glasses. But if you're in the race, you're running. That's all there is to it. If you're in the race, you are a runner. Some run well. Some run poorly. But there's only one winner. Only one. Only one gets the, the, the honor of saying, I won the race. Only one. And guess what? If you know Christ is your Savior, you are a runner in a race. Now, some of you folks are saying, oh, I'm too old to run. <laughs> I can hardly lift my feet. What do you mean? Now, we're talking about the spiritual race. We're talking about producing for the Lord. We're talking about living for Him, giving honor and glory for Him until the sun sets fully. We are in His race. And it's the race of life. We don't know when the race is going to end for each one of us, but we know there is an end line. And so we're going to be looking at this matter of running, this matter of, of running and looking at that finish line. Do you have a plan in your run of the Christian life? Do you have a plan? Do you have an end game? Or is it the matter I'm just going to give up? Hey, when I, when I can't do this ministry or do that ministry, I think it's just going to be a matter of tossing my hands up. No, no, no. It doesn't work like that. You're in the Lord's army and you are in his running army and you're to run until he takes you home. We're going to be looking at that in a very close way. Look what it says in verse 25. 
Let me read verse 24 again. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all. Everyone runs. No exclusions. Everyone runs. But one receiveth the price. So run that you may obtain. In this race, in the Christian life, we're to be the winner. We're to run as if we are the the great champion. We are the, the Olympian. We are the ones. Hey, how do we know how to even run this race? We're going to see that in just a moment. God gives us some clear instructions on how to run this race that we're in. He goes on and says, every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Striving. Running is not an easy thing to do. Running will just get your heart beating hard and fast. Running will produce sweat real quick. Running gets you tired real fast. You're going to have to pace yourself if you're going to endure to the end. He says, every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. And that means, hey, you're going to, you're, you're going to not do some things that others are able to do so you can finish the race. You're not necessarily going to be able to be the, the champion in worldly things. You're not necessarily going to be able to go places where others go. Even some places that are right, some places that are good, if God has called you to serve him and he has, then you're going to have to be temperate. You're going to have to say no to some things. You're going to have to say yes to what God says. My advice to each one of us, myself included, always say yes to God. That's just good advice. Always say yes. When God speaks and we know we ought to come and pray, say yes and do it. That's what saying yes means. Doesn't mean just agreeing with God. It means, yes, Lord, I'm going to do what you say. I'm going to listen to your Holy Spirit. I'm going to obey and I'm going to move out as you lead me. Speak, Lord. Sometimes I uh, in my past ministries, as I was Brother A.J.'s pastor for a number of years there in Port Elizabeth, what a, what a blessing it was. That church is still flourishing, still going on, not because of me. <laughs> it's because of God's put the right people in the right place. And uh, we, we rejoice in what he's doing. I'm always just amazed at when you look in hindsight of what God has done and what God is able to do. We're going to see more of that in another passage in just a moment. He says, he says, now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown. That is, the runners in a physical race have disciplined themselves and have trained themselves that the flesh means means nothing. The desires of the flesh mean nothing because the race and winning the race means everything. And so morning, night, at noon, in the middle of the night, it doesn't matter. Their focus is one, going to win that race. Mentally prepared, physically prepared, emotionally prepared. Winning the race is more important than anything else. Now, this is not speaking of winning the race and getting to go to heaven. That's not at all it. We're not saved by works. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Not by works of righteousness, he says in, in Titus 3, 5. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done. But according to his mercy, he saves us by the 
washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. We have a God who saves by his mercy. All we have to do is receive that gift of salvation by faith. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Simple as that. It's a gift. We receive that gift. We have knowledge. We have understanding. And then we put our heart trust to that knowledge and understanding. That happened to me back in 1976. Now you think I was a, just a little wee guy when, in 1976. I must have been, but I wasn't. I was an adult. And it was the testimony of someone who also was running the race. Kind of like passing the baton. And he said, Larry, if you die today, do you know for sure you're going to heaven? I didn't. He worked on me for about six months and prayed for me. And finally, I went to his little independent Baptist church. And the pastor preached on Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. I trusted Christ, that service, that first time out, the first service I attended. I came forward. I trusted Christ. The baton was given to me. Now I'm a runner. What do I do? Well, I had to crawl at first. I had to just take little baby steps because I didn't know which direction to go. But God has given us the direction to go. We're going to share more of that in a moment. He's given us everything we need to be the winners of the race that's set before us. How you doing, friend? Did you know you were a runner? Are you in training? Are you in shape? Are you ready to run? Are you ready to run with some endurance? He goes on. Notice what he says. He says in verse 25 again, And every man that striveth for mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we, an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainty. No, no. We run with some certainty, with a goal, with a plan, with a purpose. And the purpose is to bring glory to God, to bring precious souls to Jesus Christ, to enlarge his kingdom, to serve him as he leads each one of us. And by the way, each one of us run differently, but we're running the same race. And we're not running against each other. We're running against ourselves. We're going to see that in just a moment. And that's what he's talking about here, being temperate in all things. That means being, being careful with what we take in, with what we see, with what we hear, with our responses, with how we relate to others, but especially how we relate to God. Our attitude towards him, our attitude of saying, yes, Lord, I hear you, and I'm doing just what you said. Obedience immediately. Notice what he says again. He says in verse 24, I therefore so run, not as uncertainty, so I fight, not as one that beateth the air. I wonder who he's going to beat. Someone who's in a fight doesn't want to just swing his arms in the air. Someone who's in a fight is going to lay the, going to lay the haymaker right where it needs to be laid. He's going to get him right in the jaw, right where it's supposed to be. He says, but I keep under my body and bring it, my body, my flesh, bring it into subjection. Lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway, someone that's unusable. 
not talking about losing salvation here, talking about losing the effectiveness, losing your usefulness for Christ. I want you to turn to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. I wonder, have I done my best for Jesus? Actually, I don't have to wonder. (laughs) I know I haven't. I know I haven't. I wonder if our politicians, pardon me, excuse me, but I wonder if our politicians, it doesn't matter which side of the aisle we're talking about here, I wonder if our politicians have done their very best for their people. I don't have to wonder. I know they haven't. They fall short. They fall short. I wonder if those who've made promises to us have kept every promise to the letter, to the T. No, they have not. It doesn't take much investigation to figure that out. But God is different. God keeps his promise. He does not break one of his promises. His word and his promises never fail. They are true, they are right, they are holy, but they are kept. He is the God of all creation. His word never fails. So let's see what the word says here. He says in in chapter 12, verse 1, Hebrews 12, 1, he says, Wherefore, seeing we have also, uh, we we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses... Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. We have a race. What's the most important part of the race? Is it the starting block? I can remember when I was in school that uh, they would, you know, teach us a little bit about running track. I was never on the track team, but they would put you on a starting block and they would say, one, two, three, here's your, you put your hands here, you put your feet there, you get ready and you lunge because that's important to start off fast and you get going and you, you get the jump on the others. But let me say this, that's not the most important part of the race. It's the finish line that makes the difference. <laughs> and so when we're running a race, We're not looking at just how we start. We're focusing on the finish. I want to share with you how to focus on the finish. He gives us three very important steps to focus on the finish so we'll finish the race and be the winner that God wants us to be. Not the whiner that losers are, but the winner in the winner's circle at the Bema seat. Receiving the full reward that he wants us to have because that brings all glory to him. Are you ready? First of all, this race, the race of life, this race that God has us in is a race of endurance. It's a race of endurance. We're not to give up halfway. We're not to give up partway. Someone who faints in a race is not dead. You can't bury them. They're not alive. (laughs) That is, they're not moving, so you can't use them. Someone who faints in the way is just kind of in the way, unusable. We don't want to be someone who faints in the way. We, We have a race, a race of endurance. And he says now, run with patience. Again, verse 12, wherefore, seeing we are seeing. 
we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us and run, let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Interesting, there is a cloud of witnesses. Now, what's the wherefore, therefore? The wherefore is there because of verse of chapter 11. And in chapter 11, hey, we have 16 named witnesses who have run the race themselves and God is commending them for their faith. These were faithful runners. These were winners. These are those whom we can emulate. These are those whom we can copy, we can identify with. They were people like you and I and they run the race and they were champions in the race they ran. In chapter 11, names such as Abel and uh, Enoch and Noah and Abraham and Sarah and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph and Moses and Rahab and Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and David and Samuel and the prophets. That's quite a list, isn't it? That's quite a list of champions for the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why he says, wherefore, seeing, also, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let's do something. Listen, these people have run before. That's why the word of God is here. They are our examples. We're to look at their lives. We're to study their lives. We're to study how they responded to God's word, how they responded to God, the Holy Spirit, how God gave them victory in the very eyes of defeat, snatching them out of defeat and, 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 and prop them up. God wants to do that in my life, in your life. Amen. We're in a race. Are you running the race? Are you running with patience? Do you see the finish line? It's when we see Jesus Christ, that's the finish. Whether in the air, as he calls us up in the rapture or as we come before him in, in, through death, as we step into his presence through death, as so many of our friends have done already, and perhaps we're next in line, we don't know when, but we know where. We know that. It's a certainty. And because of his resurrection, we have that resurrection promised in us. He is the first fruits of those that rise. A race of endurance. We're to run with perception. You see, if we're going to run a race of endurance, we have to be able to see what we can't see. Doesn't that make sense? Some would say, yeah, it makes nonsense. No, it makes sense. We're to have perception, spiritual eyes. We need to see that what the end is, what the finish line is. It's standing before him, being complete in him. Having that confidence that we have confessed and forsaken sin, we're obedient to God's word, we're obedient to his Holy Spirit, we're going to finish our race with joy. David Lewis says that anyway. His wife's name is Joy, all right? So he, he, he's going to finish his, the race with joy. That's his hope, that's his, that's his trust that he will, and I trust he will. We're to have a a race of perception because he says, wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. These witnesses tell the story. We're not going to read their stories tonight, but I challenge you to do just that. We're to look to those who've already won, whom God clearly tells us they've succeeded and he tells us how we might succeed as well. Let me read a passage. You know this verse. 
in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Listen to what he says. He says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest doest according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt, have, thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. There's a, there's a promise of success right there by taking God at his word. That's what faith is. We take God at his word. Psalm 1. Ah, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. Here it is right here. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Do you see how to run the race? It's by taking the word of God, trusting the word of God, believing it, receiving it, believing it, living it, obeying it, sharing it with others. Oh, we're in this, we're in this race, but it's not, a, it's not a toiling race. It's not a negative race. I appreciate so many who said they've been praying for me. During the song service, I got a, a message from one of our missionaries in Brazil saying, I'm praying for you, Brother Nelson. Hey, brother. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I told AJ before the service, I said, now, I want you to listen. How many people tell me, I'm praying for you, brother. I'm thinking, do they know something I don't know? Sounds like I'm preparing for a funeral, my own. <laughs> I appreciate your prayers. Thank you so much. But our life in Christ is a positive life. If I was facing a race, a physical race, man, I, I'd say, I don't think so. I, I don't think I can make it to the corner. I know I couldn't make it to the corner and back. I don't think I can make it to the corner. But this is a spiritual race, and God gives us his grace and his power to do what he's called us to do. It's a race of endurance. And if it's going to be a race of endurance, it's going to be a race of promises as well. It's going to be a race of taking God's word, a race of preparedness, laying aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. He doesn't tell us what sin that is. But there is a sin that so easily besets us. I personally think it's the same sin for everyone. That's what I think. Others would say, no, no, each person has that besetting sin. Well, I think it's just a matter of faithlessness, not believing God, not taking God at his word. Because the preceding chapter was about what? Yes, faith. Taking God at his word, believing him. That is a besetting sin when we don't believe him. Jesus had disciples whom, who believed him one time and then the next time they didn't believe him. Oh, where is your faith? Where is our faith? You see, if it's going to be a race of endurance, it has to be a race of perception, seeing what we cannot see. It's the end of the race. It's the end of the line. It's focusing on the finish line, not focusing on what we're doing right now. We have to have a race of endurance. We have to focus on the end. It's a lifetime of serving him. We have to be prepared. We have to be ready to be perseverance. This matter of enduring cheerfully with hope and expectation, running with patience that race that is set before us. The longer the race, 
the more difficult it is to get to the end. Can you imagine some of these Ironman races? I know in, in Port Elizabeth in South Africa, they had the Ironman there, the, the swimming, the biking, the running. I, I don't know how they do that. I, I, I really don't. Uh, when I was young and in better shape than I am now, I, I don't know how they could do that. And uh, I have a friend there in, in, in Cape Town who, who, who rides a bike. He goes 50 kilometers every day. No problem. <laughs> okay. Would be a problem for me. But he's prepared. And he knows it's a, a race of endurance, so he, he, he plans on taking some hours to do it. And as he practices more and more, listen, we as believers need to practice. We need to practice obedience. We need to practice saying no to the flesh and saying yes to the spirit. Simple as that. I'm speaking to myself. You see, if we're going to run the race, we have to be prepared. We have to be practiced. We have to be ready. And when the challenges come, we have to be trusting. It's a race of endurance. It's a race of focus. Let me ask you this. Are you running with patience? Are you looking at the finish line? Are you looking for Christ? We're to be watching. We're to be waiting. We're to be expecting. A race of focus means we need to be looking at something. <laughs> Let's be looking to Jesus. He's the author of our faith. Look, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. He's the one who died for our sins. We didn't die for our own. No man died for our sins. Christ did. We have a complete pardon by faith in Jesus Christ. Not only is he the author of our faith, he's the redeemer of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the same shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. He's our intercessor at the right hand of the Father. He intercedes for us. I'd say Jesus is our everything. I'd say because Jesus is our author, our redeemer, our intercessor, that perhaps in this race of life, he ought to take the absolute preeminence. He ought to be the focus of our every breath. He ought to. He ought to. And yet, we leave him behind so many times. And yet, we don't give him honor and glory and praise so many times. And yet... We fail to sharing with others so many times because our focus is on our circumstances or our self or our limitations, and God is not limited. Jesus deserves all the focus, all the praise, all the glory that we can give. Not only is it a race of endurance and a race of focus, if you're going to be running a race, a lifetime race, you better be focused. You better not lose the focus. You'll stumble, you'll trip. You better not be looking behind you. You better not be looking beside you. You better be looking ahead of you, looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. It's a, it's a race of resistance. It's a, there's a lot of resistance when you're, when you're racing this race of life. Someone who runs, physically running in a race, you have resistance, you have wind resistance, you have hills, a little hill we just don't know what hills are until you try to run one. <laughs> we lived in Kabali, Uganda for about nine years. 
that was a place of hills. I mean, you had to be a billy goat. And we would say, yeah, we're going to come to your, to your house or your hut uh, where you live. And we'd, we'd go to our, one of our dear friends, Peter. We went to his, his house just outside of town. And where do you live, Peter? Uh, right here? He says, no, 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 right here. It's close. It's nearby. It's easy to get to. On top of that hill, it was a mountain to me, <laughs> on top of that hill. And man, you get about a fourth of the way up and you say, I don't know if I can go any further. I just don't know if I can do it. Hey, there's always resistance in a race. There's weight that's resistance. There's a matter of <laughs> your lack of focus can be a resistance. There's all kinds of resistance. But this is a race of resistance because it's a race of striving. Listen, uh, Jesus had, had some resistance. He says, verse 3, are you still there? He says, for consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. Jesus had a lot of resistance. He was the Holy One of heaven. He was the great creator. And yet he came to earth in the form of sinful man, yet without sin, to redeem us, to die on the cross for our sins, not for his own, to be separated from the Father. Oh, my friend, what agony he went through, what suffering he endured for a good reason, because he loves you. And he is the propitiation for our sins, but not ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. That's our great Savior. Running the race. How do you focus on the finish line? How do you finish the race with joy? Well, you have to realize it's a race of endurance and a race of focus. But this race of resistance, I think, is that which would cause us the most distraction, cause us the most trouble, cause us, cause us the most mm, uh, anxiety, perhaps. We think we're going to have a tough time. Listen, God's grace is always sufficient. Thank you. I appreciate that song, Brother Guy. That was a blessing. The first time I heard that song, New Grace, was when um, Pastor Boroff, and I think it was his daughter Becky sang it with him in a, uh, in a preacher's conference. He was still the pastor over in, uh, in Greenbrier, and it, we had the, the meeting over at Madison Baptist Church just in the early days, and I, I heard Pastor Boroff sing that song. Boy, it just melted my heart and encouraged me so. New Grace, New Grace. And grace to die. He always gives grace. You see, even though we have a race that's going to be a race of resistance, winds of adversity, waves of trials, mountain of doubt, others have gone before us and have come out the other side the stronger because of adversity, because of trouble, because of trials. You look at Adam. Adam lost his first son. Adam sinned, yes, and God provided a sacrifice for him looking toward the, the Savior, the Lamb of God who would take away the sin of the world. He lost his son. His firstborn son was a murderer. Boy, he, went, had, he had a little bit of adversity, I'd say. Joseph, Moses, Daniel, David, Paul, all kinds of adversity, all kinds of trouble. They were kind of born for trouble, it seems, but yet God delivered them all. And here we are. They're no longer in the land of the living, not in the, not in the now and now living. Oh, they're alive. They're with God. But we've give, been given that baton, and now we're the ones running the race 
Can we not look to their experiences? Can we not look to Job and see that God delivered him? Can we not look to others and see how God delivered them? By his grace, he did, he does. Paul says in Romans 7, 18, he says, For I know that in, it, in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. For the good that I would do, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. You see, this flesh, I believe, is the biggest resistance. It's the biggest resistance. We feed the flesh. We care for the flesh. We give in to the flesh. We, the desires of the flesh, that's our life. No, it's not. Know you not that we're bought with a price? From tip to toe, we belong to Christ. He purchased us. That's what it means by being redeemed. He purchased us out of that marketplace of sin. We're no longer slaves to sin, but we are servants of Christ. And this flesh, which we now live in, has to be brought under control. That's what he was saying in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. It has to be brought under control. It has to be said, no. We can do better than this. We can do better than this. I look at the government. (laughs) We can do better than that. And we can do better than this. We're in a race. We, We think we're on vacation at a resort and don't know that we're God's soldiers on the battlefield. Quit living the life, and I'm talking to myself, quit living the life of a vacationer or a vacationary and let's live the life of a soldier who's running the race to win, who's sharing the gospel of Christ everywhere we go. The need is the same. The need is the same need that you have and I have. We need Christ. We have salvation now, but others don't. Oh, if we only believed that. Oh, if we only understood that. There's a resistance of Christ. There's a resistance of self. There's a resistance of sin in our lives. It buckles us down, this resistance of Satan against us. He says, you've not resisted unto blood, striving against sin, and with not. As a matter of fact, we yield to sin, and we say no to the Holy Spirit. Rather than say no to sin and yielding to the Holy Spirit. Why? Because of this flesh. It has to be brought under control. It has to be disciplined. The runners who run for a, for a reward or for, a, for an honor of winning the race... Something that it's just a name on a trophy or a name on in a newspaper. And they do that and, and, and strive with all their striving and change their life so they can do what is, what is needed to, to win the race. And we can't do that for the Savior. We can't do that for the crowns of glory. We can't do that for the crowns that we can cast at his feet for eternal life. Let me read on. Again, chapter 12, verse 1. 
Wherefore, seeing we are also, also are compassed about with so great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience, endurance, the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of God, the throne of God. For consider him. Are you considering him? Doesn't say consider yourselves. Doesn't say consider the, the wants, the needs of the flesh. Doesn't say that. Consider him, Jesus, that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. You have not resisted unto blood, striving against sin. And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither faint when thou art rebuked of him. There's, an, there's another resistance, the matter of chastening. We get chastened. We go with a poochy lip and go sit in the corner. So, well, I just won't run anymore then. I just, I'm just going to sit down. Well, that's really going to fly well when we meet him and we're judged at the judgment seat of Christ, isn't it? No. Let's have the right attitude when God corrects us, when God rebukes us. Let's say, God, Lord, heard you loud and clear. Now give me a heart to be obedient to you. Are you listening to him today? We are in a race. We are in a war. But he's the champion. He's the one that can take down a giant with a little stone in a, in a shepherd's sling. He's the one who can save a sinner that didn't even know he was lost until the word of God came to his heart, his head. What about you today? Are you running this race of endurance? Are you running with patience? Are you looking at that finish line? Are you running with a focus, looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith? Are you running this race of resistance? Are you striving to win or just kind of trotting along and saying, well, we're all in this together and I'm doing better than some, so I'm okay. And we're not because we will give an answer because every man's work will be made manifest for the day shall declare it. Because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. And if any man's work abide, which he hath built thereon, he shall receive reward. Amen. But if any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so, as by fire. Let me read a few lines from a from a song we sang. I wonder if I'd done my best for Jesus who died upon the cruel tree to think of his great sacrifice at Calvary. I know the Lord expects the best from me. The hours that I have wasted are so many. The hours that I've spent for Christ, so few. Because of all my lack of love for Jesus. I wonder if his heart is breaking too. I wonder, have I cared enough for others? 
Or have I let them die alone? I might have helped a wanderer to the Savior. The seed of precious life I might have sown. No longer will I stay within the valley. I'll climb to mountain heights above. The world is dying now for want of someone to tell them of the Savior's matchless love. How many are the lost that I've lifted? How many are the chained I've helped to free? I wonder, have I done my best for Jesus when he has done so much for me? Father in heaven, as we bow before you, our hearts ought to be breaking. You've said go, and we sit down. We say amen. You say speak and tell, and we clam up, and we say maybe some other time. We go for soul winning, and we give you 45 minutes to an hour at the most and rush off to our busyness. Would you forgive us, Lord? We know you have, and you know, we know you will. Ah, oh, but God, help us, change us. We're wretched. We waste time. We waste resources. We live as if we're on a vacation, perpetual vacation, rather than serving you, the God of heaven, and saying no to this flesh and no to the mind, no to this life, because we have eternal life. Oh, Lord God of heaven, would you stir our hearts, move us out, motivate us. Would you use us, Lord? Would you cleanse us? Might we confess to you, Lord, we're wasting and we're wanting. We're looking to you, Lord. Do your work in our hearts this evening. For we pray in Jesus' name.